Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. It while it lasts. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Uh-huh. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. The weekend wager with Anita Marks starts now. What's up? What's up? Week 17 of the NFL season. Oh, boy, is it going to be fun on Sunday, especially at 4 o'clock. It is Week in Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. You want to get on board. Now's the time to do it. We've got Joe Fortenball, who's going to be joining us from the Bay Area. Uh, he will be sharing with us his picks heading into Week 17 of the NFL season. And uh, Barry, you see him all over ESPN when it comes to college game day, as well as uh, working with me on Daily Wager on ESPN that you can watch on ESPN2 Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. And, of course, on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., talking all things college football because we've got some great games on tap for tomorrow, and he can break them down as well. But uh, typically what I like to do when we start off the show is keep it local. Why don't we? We've got a Giants team. They're getting four and a half. And the over-under in this is about 45, 46 and a half in some places. And the Giants looking to play spoiler to the Philadelphia Eagles. So here's how the situation stands right now. The Philadelphia Eagles are in the driver's seat. If they beat the Giants, they're in. They are the fourth seed. So they're coming in with extra, I would call it extra added motivation uh, to come in and beat this Giants team. In New York, of course, they're not home. But the Giants are looking to play spoiler. Keep in mind, they went to Washington last week, and Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, had one of the best games of his entire career for the first time, did not turn the ball over, passed for over 350 yards, tossed five touchdown passes. Um, and then, of course, you had a Saquon Barkley, 279 yards uh, in 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 the overtime game, all-purpose yards, which was really really impressive, really unbelievable, considering it has not been a vintage season. A season, and, and granted, this is only Saquon Barkley's you know second year. So what do I mean by vintage? What we came to expect from Saquon Barkley it was a much different season than what we had expected. On the opposite side, with the Philadelphia Eagles, it was reported today that Zach Ertz will be out as well as Nelson Aguilar. Now, I want to play a clip for you uh, from Adam Schefter, and this was on Get Up, talking about how the Eagles in their offense actually has been performing a lot better as of late without Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey because of their utiliz- utilization of Zach Ertz. Let's listen in. I think this team has shifted without these veteran wide receivers, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey. Nelson Aguilar, they've shown that they can rely on guys like Greg Ward, throw to the tight ends, throw to the running backs, and it's almost like these guys have deferred to Carson. He's exerted his leadership over this team, and it's almost like they've been better off without the veteran guys. As good as the veteran guys are, this team has won in ways it didn't with the veterans, and so they'll see if they keep it rolling on Sunday. So who will the Philadelphia Eagles have? No Zach Ertz, but they will have Dallas Goddard, who actually has been quite good. Whenever his number is called and whenever Carson Wentz does throw his way, he typically does quite well. Um, no Nelson Aguilar, but um, Miles Sanders, the running back, has been utilized in the passing game. All-purpose yards has been on point for him. And Jordan Howard is expected to be active this week as well. For the Giants, again, really... The only injury that I'm, I'm seeing come up on the injury report is Red Ellison. Um, as we know, Evan Ingram has been shut down, but should be a good day for Daniel Jones and, of course, his slew of wide receivers, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate getting some action as well, um, and Saquon Barkley being a big part of the passing attack. Here's how I would play this game. I do believe Philadelphia wins, okay? But I think that this game is going to be close, and four and a half points is a little too much for me. So... I'm probably not going to play this matchup, but if I was to play it, I would take the Giants with the points. I would take the Giants plus four and a half. 
That's how I would play this matchup. The Giants, they do play well against Philadelphia. Philadelphia's defense has not been stellar this season. They have been better as of late, but they're a lot better at home. Obviously, they are not. They are playing in New Jersey. So, um, I just think, I just think this is, this game is going to be a little too close for comfort, in my opinion, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to, to Eagles fans. I will say that. Let's listen in. Uh, this is, uh, let's listen to, uh, to Daniel Jones. Um, and this is him talking to the media this week. This is when uh, he was asked, how different are you now from, uh, from when you first started, when you first got your start this season in the NFL? Hopefully a lot different, a lot, uh, you know, I think I've, I've learned a lot and, um, hopefully a lot, a lot better player now. And, and, you know, I'm continuing to learn. There's still a lot of things to, to work on, but, um, I feel like I've, you know, come a long way from, from, uh, that first start. And he sure has. And like I said, last week was uh, probably his best performance so far this season. So with all those reasons why I do like the Giants getting the points plus four and a half. As for the Jets, a much different scenario and a much different story. So the Jets are getting one and a half. They are on the road and they are heading to Buffalo. Okay. Um, here's the deal with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are set with the fifth seed in the AFC. Win, lose, tie, nothing changes for them. So what is their motivation in regard to playing their starters all four quarters? Now, what we, we're hearing from Buffalo and from the Buffalo Bills is that they are going to play their starters. But the big question mark is how long do they play their starters? Do they play Josh Allen and uh, Tredavious White and Devin Singletary all four quarters? I don't think so. I just don't think so. I just don't think that would be wise. Now, I understand you want to come out and uh, you want to play your starters maybe a quarter or a half. But to what benefit? And, and, and the risk-reward risk, fa- the risk reward factor there in potentially getting one of your big starters hurt I think is too much. So with that being said, I do expect the Buffalo Bills to begin the game with their starters. I will be surprised if... If they end the game with their starters. Here's another thing for you. I was on the sideline for the Jets Steelers game this past week, and I was really, really impressed with the intensity level that the Jets played with. I really was. Uh, Greg Williams has this defense on point. Also, there's records to be broken. Uh, you've got Jamal Adams. He needs two more sacks to surpass an NFL record with most sacks in a single season for a DB. I had Adam Gase on the show uh, earlier this week. I filled in on the Michael K show, and I asked Adam Gase if uh, if he plans to uh, game plan for Jamal Adams. Uh, this is what he had to say. Everybody's trying to put themselves in the best position to win the game. It's one of those things that's it seems like it works out when you when you do the things right, you know, just kind of being in a couple of those situations where, you know, when you try to do it, it, it ends up not working out the way you want, where if you, it happens almost subconsciously where you put you do everything you can to put them in the right spot. And then at the end of the day, it's things just got to kind of fall the way that they should fall. And, and he'll make the plays when when he gets those opportunities. It's, you know, we'll we'll try to put him in the best position possible and, you know, Hopefully it'll, it'll go the way it needs to, to where you know he he's able to accomplish something like that. Something like that's just you don't get the opportunities like that often, and you know all of us would love to see him be able to accomplish that. So that would be pretty awesome. Uh, I, I do believe that the Jets are going to put their best foot forward. You heard Le'Veon Bell come out today and said that he wants to continue uh, to be a Jet. He wants to be here for hopefully a better season next year than this. Um, and again, I just, I really, really liked what I saw on the sideline of that Steelers Jets game. Again, I had Adam Gase on the Michael K show. I was filling in on the Michael K show earlier this week. I asked him, was he happy with the team's performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers? I was very excited about how our guys prepared the entire week, that they took what we talked about Wednesday. They knew that we had to play a game where all three phases kind of had to be in line. We, we knew it was going to be a tough matchup for us. Our offense versus their defense. The, their defense was playing it about as well as anybody in the NFL right now. Um, we knew our defense had to play really well. We had to we had to try to stop the run, which which they've been doing a phenomenal job all year. But we knew it was going to be one of those tests where it was we couldn't really let up. Like they were going to try to run it, whether we were stopping them or not. They weren't going to put it in the quarterback's hands to just throw it all over the lot. So. You know, we knew we had to do a good job there, and our special teams. We knew there was a couple phases where we had to do well as far as stopping them, and then we had to create 
you know, a play here or there, whether it be the punt return game or, or the kickoff return game, and we got one in the punt return game. But it was really it was really cool to see just how wired in those guys were as far as what we were trying to do as a, as a complete team. So keep in mind, the last time these two teams faced each other, um, the Buffalo Bills won by just one point. So with that being said, I, I, I do believe that the Jets are going to head into Buffalo they want to finish the season strong. Obviously, they're not playing for anything, um, and but their season is coming to an end. Baggy day will be on Monday. For the Buffalo Bills, not so much. They will advance into the postseason as the fifth seed. Here's more from Adam Gase on what he's expecting in Buffalo. Yeah, you just really have to prepare. Like, those guys are, are just going to roll the whole game. Um, you know, I, I was in a similar situation in 16 where – neither team could we were both going to the playoffs and neither neither one of us could really kind of do anything as far as moving up or down or anything like that and both sides ended up playing you know most of the game and then you know kind of when we were playing new england though so it was just a little different to where it just kind of got one-sided and then it was just being a little more conservative at the end but for us it's we're we're playing and you know they just got to kind of make decisions however they've decided to do what they're going to do. Again, Adam Gase uh, talking about what he expects up in Buffalo. Keep in mind, the Jets have won five of their last seven games. So how would I play this? I actually love the Jets getting one and a half. I I think it's one of the best plays on the board this week. So with the Giants, again, not going to play this matchup. If I was, I would take the Giants in the points plus four and a half. I do love the Jets-Bills matchup. Again, I do not anticipate the Bills to play their starters all four quarters, so I love the Jets plus one and a half. Um, also, if you do dabble in prop bets, love the over on Sam Darnold, love the over on on, on Le'Veon Bell, as well as Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder. Um, I, I, I don't expect Tredavis White to play all game, so... I, th- I think this Jets offense is going to be able to put up. And the weather conditions are not supposed to be that bad. Weather conditions are not supposed to be bad on Sunday. So I can see this offense putting up a lot of points and uh, and the players actually putting up a lot of points. All right. Uh, we'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Do you have a favorite play heading into Week 17? Um, when we get back, I, I do want to take a look around the NFL and the landscape and, and kind of get you in the know in regard to what teams – are really not playing for anything. For example, the Baltimore Ravens. They've solidified the number one seed in the AFC. The road to the Super Bowl in Miami is going to have to go through Baltimore, a.k.a. Charm City. So what does that mean for their matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers? We will dive into that. Also, we'll hear from Joe Fortenbaugh. We'll have his picks coming your way. And then our second hour, we will dive into some college picks for you. Big game, big games, obviously. Uh, the college playoff um, the first two games of the college playoff that will dictate what two teams will be playing for the national championship will be decided by tomorrow night. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. It's always possible the NFL's investigation goes in his favor, which we don't know right now. But the Saints are doing their due diligence for if and when Antonio Brown is eventually cleared and is allowed to play again, which we don't know when that will be. So Antonio Brown is not going to be playing on Sunday. I would say it's unlikely he'll be playing in the postseason if the Saints decide to make that move. And again, there still are many factors that have to unfold here before we can figure out if and when Antonio Brown would be allowed to resume his NFL career, which that is the expectation at some point in time. We just don't know how soon. But in the interim, the Saints are doing their due diligence. That is Adam Schefter on SportsCenter talking about Antonio Brown, who uh, had a cup of coffee with the New Orleans Saints today. They worked him out. And apparently we're quite impressed that they've reached out to the NFL with more clarity in regard to where he stands right now on the commissioner's list. Will he be suspended? How soon will the investigation wrap up? And all those wonderful things. Um, Michael Thomas, wide receiver for the Saints, is dealing with an injured hand. Apparently his pinky has been wrapped up. So the Saints have an opportunity. They are taking on the Carolina Panthers, who are now on their, they're, they're going to play Will Greer, their uh, rookie quarterback. Uh, all expectation is that they are, they, that they will win. 
And um, I have them. The way that I have the, everybody win in, in the win and losses uh, heading into when week 17 is all said and done, I have New Orleans Saints as the third seed, which means that they would play on Wild Card Weekend. They would be home and they would host be hosting the Minnesota Vikings that are stuck with the sixth seed. Minnesota can't do anything uh, on Sunday to to better their situation. They by losing last week, they have the sixth seed. So, uh, so that's where that stands, and uh, and obviously the Saints looking to hopefully third times a charm because they've really gotten screwed the last two two years when it comes to uh, winning and advancing and trying to win a Super Bowl. So doing their due diligence and seeing if there's an opportunity that uh, they can have Antonio Brown on their roster. By the way, you're listening to Week in Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. So here's the layout. Uh, just getting you in the know in regard to what teams motiv- what what are the motivational factors this week? The Patriots are at home. They're taking on the Dolphins, and the Patriots need to win in order for them to secure the second seed and get a first round bye. The Bills, as we discussed, not playing for anything. I think the Jets win. I don't think the Bills play their starters all four quarters. We just talked about the Saints. I think they roll over the Carolina Panthers. Who cares about the Bengals and the Cleveland Browns? Nobody. Green Bay, they need to beat the the Detroit Lions um, for an opportunity to get the second seed and in the season 13 and three and get a first round bye. Kansas City, they need to beat the Chargers in order. They're hoping they beat the Chargers and maybe just maybe the Miami Dolphins has this huge upset against the Patriots and Kansas City could sneak into the second seed. We all know that's not going to happen. The Patriots are going to beat the, the, the Miami Dolphins. So uh, the Kansas City Chiefs more than likely will get the third seed. Um like I said, the Minnesota Vikings not playing for anything. What does that mean? The Chicago Bears, I believe, will will win. Uh, apparently, uh, there's going to be a number of Minnesota Vikings players that are not going to play on Sunday. So I do see the Chicago Bears winning there. Nobody really cares about the Atlanta um, Tampa Bay Bucks game. For the Baltimore Ravens, they've secured the first seed. There's going to be a ton of Baltimore Ravens players that are not going to be active, which means they have no opportunity to be attractive. What does that mean? I think the Pittsburgh Steelers do win. But keep in mind, if you don't know the scenario here, the Pittsburgh Steelers got screwed themselves. This is why. The NFL booked the Kansas City Chargers game at 1 o'clock. Why does that screw the Steelers? Because if the Kansas City Char- if the Kansas City Chiefs win, then the Texans are playing for nothing. They are stuck in the fourth seed. They can't better their situation and move up to the third seed, which means they can sit their players, rest their players against the Tennessee Titans. If the Tennessee Titans win, they get the sixth seed and the Steelers are out. So the NFL really should have positioned that Kansas City Chiefs Chargers game at four o'clock, to be quite frank, to be to, to keep it fair. And they did not. So if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty ticked off at the league right now. But you can also say, well, the Steelers should have beat the Jets last week. They made their bed. They've got to lay in it. Okay. All right. I'm not going to argue with you there. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they're home hosting the Washington Redskins. They need to win and they need to hope that the Philadelphia Eagles lose to the Giants in order for them to advance and represent the NFC East in the, in, in, as the fourth seed. But everything that we're hearing out of Dallas is that players have already checked out. So interesting to see what happens there. Could they be upset by the, could you imagine the scenario where both the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys lose and the Eagles still get in because the Dallas Cowboys lose at home to the Washington Redskins? Could you imagine? Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. So, um, I do believe that the Kansas City Chiefs win, which means that I do not believe that the Houston Texans are going to play their starters all four quarters, although that's not what, um, Bill O'Brien is saying. I see the Tennessee Titans winning, and I think they do get the sixth seed. The Colts, I believe that they do beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the game's going to be close against the Giants. We talked about that already, but um, I do believe that the Eagles do squeak it out in the end. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, there's a there's there's a wild, bizarre, if a million and one things happen and the stars align properly and the Oakland Raiders win, they could get into the postseason, but I don't see that happening. But I still see the Oakland Raiders winning uh, this week against Denver in Denver. Uh, the Rams game, from what from what I'm hearing out of Los Angeles, is that the Rams aren't playing for anything, and chances are they're going to sit their players because they don't want to risk their players getting injured. Because think about it, a player gets injured in Week 17, it's going to affect you in 2020. So 
chances are we're not going to see Todd Gurley. Chances are we're not going to see Patrick Ramsey. So, and also from what I understand, uh, Kyler Murray is, uh, is banged up. He might not even start for the Arizona Cardinals. So why even watch that game? And probably one of the biggest, most exciting games is the San Francisco 49ers in Seattle. If San Francisco wins, they get the number one seed in the NFC. Wow. At 13 and three. If Seattle wins, the Green Bay, if Seattle wins and Green Bay wins, Green Bay will get the number one seed. The Saints will get the number two seed. Seattle will get the third seed and the San Francisco 49ers will jump all the way to the fifth seed. I do have the San Francisco 49ers beating the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night. So that there, there in a nutshell, I know it was kind of long. I think I was, by the way, we've got Nikki and Joel who are producing the show today. Hi, guys. I know a lot of moving parts today, so I do appreciate your time and your help. Our pleasure as always. And all your effort on on the program. I appreciate it. I was a little bit more long-winded than I wanted to be, but I just – I feel it's really important folks are uh, are are in the know um, more so because there's a lot of storylines around week 17. So now that you are in the know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. And um, and we'll have Joe Fortenball join us on the show with Joe's picks. And then kicking off the uh, the eleven o'clock hour, I'll give you my plays. Top of the top at eleven o'clock, top of the second the second hour of the show, I'll give you my picks and my plays. I also have a DFS lineup that I put together today for DFS. I know fantasy football leagues are over. But for all of us who love fantasy football, you know that we are going to participate in DFS. So I have a DFS lineup I'll share with you. And then also coming up in the second hour, Bear, you see him all over college game day on ESPN, is going to join us. We'll talk about some of the college games because, as we know, the college playoffs, they kick off tomorrow. LSU and, uh, and and Oklahoma and Clemson and Ohio State, two really exciting games on the docket for tomorrow night. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Are the Houston Texans as an organization lacking checks and balances? First of all, what J.J. Watt said, that's exactly what you want. Yes, sir. When you tear him apart, what's going to ooze out of J.J. Watt is a world-class competitor, and that's exactly what you want. Your head coach, Bill O'Brien, and I'm not saying he's doing anything reckless, but coaches are much more short-term, week-to-week. How can we win this week? But that's why you have a general manager, and they fired theirs and Brian Gain, and they haven't replaced them. You want another voice in that room in that discussion to say, hey, we're the Houston Texans. J.J. Watt is only 30 years old. We want him for the next five years. Are we sure we're not doing anything that's going to jeopardize that? Because the worst thing you could have is to have a setback and have this re-tear. Mike Tannenbaum questioning uh, the uh, Houston Texans' decision to uh, rush J.J. Watt back into action. You're listening to Weekend Wager, presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Without further ado, let's bring in Joe Fortenball from the Bay Area. He's with me um, each and every week. Uh, it's actually quite a few days a week on Daily Wager. You can tune in on ESPN2 Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. and, of course, on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. Joe, welcome in. First and foremost, let's dive into uh, this Patriots matchup. I actually like the Dolphins getting the points. I think the, pa- the, the, the fact that Brian Flores, who is now the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, was the former defensive coordinator for the Patriots and knows that Patriots team, I think 16, 16 and a half points is a lot. But you're on the over here over 45 points. Tell us all the reasons why. Yeah, I very much like the under here for a variety of reasons. Um, let's start with the fact that last Saturday, I think the Patriots unveiled the game plan moving forward as to how they plan to attack the rest of the NFL on their quest for another Super Bowl victory. Um, draining the clock, running the football, dink and dunk. This is a team that has looked very, very questionable, at least offensively, for about a couple months. And then they go out against Buffalo, and they pretty much controlled that game from start to finish. No surprise, Buffalo given yet another opportunity to try to show that they belong with the Patriots, and they couldn't do it. So they'll go ahead and get a wild card and see if they can take it from there. But that, I think, is going to be the approach moving forward. It's not going to be pretty with the Patriots. And I think they're going to go ahead and take the game plan from Buffalo, and they're going to use it again this week against Miami. They're not trying to look pretty. They're not trying to win on style points. They're just trying to get to the best possible point they can get to before they have to deal with the Kansas Cities, the Baltimores, and everybody else in the world. 
So I think you're going to see a lot of running against Miami. I think you're going to see Brady taking what the defense gives him, working his way methodically down the field, ball control, uh, ball possession, tempo, all that stuff. And then that classic New England defense, which has played very, very sound football this season. Miami's not going to quit either, in my opinion. We've seen them over the last few weeks. As bad as they were to start the season, Flores, as you mentioned, should get a lot more credit than anyone's been talking about. They're 4-4 four and four over their last eight. Like, if this was the first eight games of the season, Miami would be considered a good football team, or at least a respectable team at 4-4. Four and four. But since it's coming over the last eight, we still view them as a joke. So I think it's going to be a defensive matchup, field position game, and when it's all said and done, I don't see it going over 45 total points. I like it. Uh, the next over-under you're on is the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Big news this week. Seattle, they signed Marshawn Lynch. Chris Carson out on IR for the season. Seattle is hosting the San Francisco 49ers, I feel, are peaking at the right time. San Francisco, the line now is at, at their favorite. Now it's, it's jumped up to three and a half. You got that hook with them. But the over-under is at 46, and you like the over here. You think a lot of points are going to be scored in this matchup? Yeah, the Niners, um, as well as the defense has played this season, um, you have to look at the first eight games when they were beating up on everybody, but you've got to pay particular attention to how they're trending as of late. They've given up 106 points over their last three games, which has come against statuesque quarterbacks. Uh, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Drew Brees. Now people would say, well, you know, those are some pretty good offenses. I get that, but this team was lighting up those offenses from a defensive perspective early in the season. The pass rush was very, very deep, and when you have a very sound, very consistent, very aggressive pass rush, it's going to help out your secondary because they're not going to have to cover for as long as they do with a bad pass rush. The Niners had one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. The problem is they don't have that anymore. Demontre Moore, DJ Jones, um, Julian Taylor, D. Ford, Ronald Blair, all injured, all out for the season outside of Ford, who's not going to come back into the playoffs. Those are huge, huge blows to the depth of this D-line because these guys were cycling in and they were playing well. But when they can't cycle in, starters like Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, they have to play more snaps. And when they have to play more snaps, they tire out late in games, look no further to the final touchdown drive by the Saints and those two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter on behalf of the Atlanta Falcons. So as a result, the other teams, the opponents, are now able to put more points up on the Niners, and that's what's been so lethal for them as of late. So I think they're going to give up plenty to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I also think they're going to get theirs. Remember, the Niners' kryptonite defensively is the mobile quarterback. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, who they played twice, and and, uh, Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. That's the other one, obviously. Um, Those three quarterbacks rank in the top six in rushing at the quarterback position, right? So in the four games they've played against those three quarterbacks, they're giving up 24 points and 310 yards per game. Against everyone else, they're giving up just 17 points and 265 yards per game. So I think both sides are going to find their way into the end zone. Seattle at home this year has given up a ton of points to just about everybody who's come to town. I like this game on Sunday night to go over. I love this game. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, as we know, are playing for the number one seed in the NFC. Um, it's going to be fun. Joe, you rock, as always. Really appreciate your time on this Friday night and look forward to, uh, to of course, Daily Wager on Sunday morning, 9 a.m. on ESPN2. Make sure you tune in so all of us can help you folks win some money. Joe, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Anita. All right, so Joe Fortenball, uh, just to uh, recap, Pats under, 49ers over, and Jets plus one and a half. Let's go to Jimmy in Rockland. Jimmy, how you doing, man? Happy holidays to you. I need a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. I go, and I was saying to your screener, give me the six, eight, nine, all the numbers, the hard ways for the dealer. It's <laughs> so funny. Um, I, always, I always bring it up. I, I got to ask you a question that nobody has brought up yet. Le'Veon Bell refusing to take a test for HGH. What do you read into that? Well, okay. Well, first of all, I I I don't see this. I, I'm online right now. I, I don't see this being reported anywhere. Where where are you Where are you hearing that? I I saw it online. I can't remember the site, but they said he's refusing to take a test. Anita, like you said, though, there's fake news and there's real news. I hope it's fake. Obviously. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm on I'm on the uh, ESPN.com uh, website. 
I got it here. So there's a number of reports that are uh, basically picking up his uh, tweet today where he tweeted out a picture of the of the letter that he had on his locker saying he needs to do a test. But what he what he wrote in his tweet is, I bet I don't with a laughing emoji saying like he's not going to take it. So that's where it's coming from. Okay, but he hasn't come out in verbally said, I refuse to take this test. We're reading into an emoji. Uh, and well, he also wrote, I bet I don't at the NFL. He added the NFL. I bet I don't above have, have to take the test. He he doesn't say it's really just those four words and three laughing emojis. I'm so, sorry. So one more time. What's the note on his locker? The note on his locker is the notice from the NFL Friday, December 27th. This is an HGH blood test. You need to report immediately today with your ID. He captioned it with at NFL. I bet I don't Two, three laughing emojis. Oh, there you go. We got we got smoke. We got a little smoke. We got a little fire in the need, I think, somewhere. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm. How can a how can a player turn down like do not like refuse to take a test? That's that's immediate guilt. I don't know. I don't know, Jimmy. I mean, that's 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 crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm, I'm I mean, but but again, but again, but again, we're sitting here and we're assuming. We're assuming what the, what the, inst, is it Instagram? Is that what it was? Was it Instagram, Joel? We're sitting here. Twitter. We're, we're, we're Twitter. We're, we're sitting here. We're assuming what the message is. We're assuming that that's what it's about. I'm sure we'll hear more about it uh, tomorrow. I would imagine, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Anita. I mean, but, let, but I mean, let's, I'm let's say, but Jimmy, I'm an let's. I'm lover just like you. I think it's phenomenal. You have a 19 year old dog. That's insane. That's great. <laughs> How'd we go from Le'Veon Bell refusing to take an HGH test to my 19-year-old girl? Um, well, because I because I because I love animals, and so, uh, maybe uh, maybe she's maybe she's giving them uh, words of wisdom. You're so cute, <laughs> Jimmy. Thank you. Need a great always a, always a pleasure. Happy New Year, and hope yeah, happy great down in Florida. And I'll yeah. speak to you, of course. You got it. Happy holidays and uh, and happy New Year to you too, Jimmy. Listen, if Le'Veon Bell is refusing to take uh, any type of test. Uh, yeah, a huge red flag. Smoke fire. Yeah. And I don't know why somebody would, would – I don't know why a player would even go to social media to make it like public consumption or discussion. That's just nuts. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This is even more important than production. This is about an identity. This is about a physicality that you can have in your run game that lets people know how you come to play each and every day you walk into the stadium. And whether or not he can give them 15 or 20 carries, I don't believe that matters. I believe the manner in which he carries the ball, whether it's six times, seven times, and gives them a feeling that, you know what, we are back, we are physical, we are a team that's better than the team that played against the Arizona Cardinals this weekend, and you'll need that playing against a tough San Francisco team. As Ryan Clark talking about uh, Marshawn Lynch back in action for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that is the Sunday night game. They host the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, that line opened up at three. It's now at three and a half, which means that uh, public money flowing in for the San Francisco 49ers. So that line has gone up. You're listening to Week in Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. All right. We heard from Joe Fortenball what his picks are. Again, the Pats under, the 49ers over, and the Jets plus one and a half. What are my plays this week? I'm going to tell you. I love the Tennessee Titans minus three and a half. Some places minus four and a half against the Houston Texans. As I said earlier, the NFL did the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, no favors by having the Kansas City Chiefs Chargers game on at one o'clock. What do I anticipate there? I anticipate the Kansas City Chiefs to open up a canyon, you know what, against the, the Chargers. That's my other big play. I'll get to that in just a second. Um, but because of that, um, I do believe that the Texans are not going to play their starters for all four quarters. And also, really, even if, let's say, hypothetically speaking, what if the Texans do put their best foot forward and they play Deshaun Watson and they play DeAndre Hopkins and all their what, – what are they playing for? The third seed as opposed to the fourth seed. That's really – that's their motivation. Where what is Tennessee playing for? They're playing to get in. They need to win to get in. 
because chances are the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to beat the, the the Baltimore Ravens because the Ravens they have come out and said that they are sitting everybody. Um, RG3 is going to get the start for the Ravens. So the Tennessee Titans, more added motivation there, knowing that they, uh, that they need to, they, they really, really do need to win. Also, Derek Henry on the shelf last week, they were saving him. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. They were saving him for this week because this is the game that matters. Um, and he's got a great matchup with the Texans against, um, against that rushing defense. Also, AJ Brown. Um, this is this is a Texans defense. They gave up seven receptions and 102 yards to Brashard Perryman last week. Um, so I, I just I, I really 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 love the Tennessee Titans. That's why I started this. That's that's probably my biggest play this week. Tennessee Titans minus three and a half, minus four and a half against the Texans. I think they win at least by seven, if not by by ten points. Okay, the Tennessee Titans, their offense has been one of the best in the league since Ryan Tannehill has taken over. And why? Big reason is play action. Like I said, Derrick Henry and that hamstring, um, he should be active again this week. So I really, really love the Tennessee Titans. That's my biggest play. The New Orleans Saints, uh, a lot to play for. Playing to uh, potentially, depending on how other teams win or lose, could get the number two seed and get the first round by, uh, but also get the third seed. Carolina is going with Will Greer, uh, their, uh, their rookie quarterback, not expecting much from him. Meanwhile, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara has finally turned the corner, no pun intended, this season. Jared Cook, great matchup. The Panthers, I, I want to say they rank 31st against opposing tight ends. Even if Michael Thomas doesn't play, um, I, I still think there's not enough weapons there and it's such a great matchup. And at the end of the day, here's the thing about Carolina. Ron Rivera is gone. Uh, this is, this is a team that, from what I understand, they're, they're looking forward to Monday, which is baggy day as well. Like a lot of these guys have already given up. And again, they're rolling with their rookie quarterback, Will Greer. So I know it's a lot of points. New Orleans minus 13, but lay the points. Um, I think this is going to be a complete blowout. I love the Chicago Bears going up against Minnesota. Again, Minnesota, they have the succeed, win or lose. They cannot do anything. Um, and so there's a number of Minnesota Vikings players that are not going to play. Uh, Kirk Cousins is not expected to play. Dalvin Cook is dealing with a shoulder anyway. They're going to preserve him for the postseason. Alexander Madison, another running back dealing with an ankle. He might not play. Might be another week of Mike Boone. So, and from what I understand, the Chicago Bears, they want to avoid a losing record in what's been a very disappointing year for them. So I think Chicago comes out strong. I think Minnesota rests their players. And I think I think Chicago rolls. So I do like the Chicago Bears. What is that lineup right now? Chicago is favored by three. So Chicago minus three at Minnesota. That's another solid play that I like. And last but not least, I love the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Chargers. Um, let me see what that line is at right now. Kansas City minus nine at home against the Chargers. The Chargers have been arguably one of the biggest disappointments. I, I would say I, I don't even think you can argue with me. I think the Chargers have been the biggest disappointment this this season. They've already started their vacation in L.A. There's no there's no denying that. And this Chiefs defense has looked great. Get this. They've allowed only 31 points combined in their last four games. You always hear this. You always want to look at teams that are peaking as we get closer to the postseason. And this Kansas City Chiefs team is peaking. We know that they've always been good on offense. Why Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, plethora of running backs in the backfield. But what has, what has been the difference the past few weeks has been their defense. And they have just been so great. The Chargers on the opposite side are just god awful. They rushed for 19 yards last week. 19 yards. That's it. 19. Look at your face, Joel. I know. 19 yards. That's it. So I, I love Kansas City minus nine. So those are my, usually I just come with three plays, but those are my four plays this week. So Kansas City at home minus nine against the Chargers. Um, Chicago on the road at Minnesota. Minnesota expecting to rest their players minus three. I love probably my favorite play this week is the Tennessee Titans minus three and a half. In some places, it's minus four and a half. Wow, I'm looking here. In some places, it's jumped up to five and a half. That's okay. I think they definitely win by a touchdown, if not by 10 points. 
And last but not least, the New Orleans Saints minus 13 against Carolina. So those are my those are my four. Usually I come with three. Those are my four plays this week heading into week 17. Also, before we take a break, this week's Nuggets brought to you by Sticky Finger Joint, whose mission is to serve the best damn chicken fingers you've ever tasted with all natural premium ingredients made from scratch and 18 homemade dipping sauces. They have eight New York City locations and two in New Jersey. In New Jersey, inside the outlets at Bergen Town Center in Bridgewater Commons, Sticky Finger Joint opens seven days a week. For more information and to order online, visit stickies.com. I always say I never go through a Sunday fun day without my stickies. So here is my stickies DFS lineup heading into week 17. And I know it's like it's 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 kind of bittersweet, right? Like majority of, of fantasy football leagues have their championships in week 16. So what happens now if your league is over and you're jonesing, jonesing for fantasy football? Well, there's always DFS. So that's what we'll be talking about uh, for the remainder of the season. So uh, here's my DFS. So, so and, and again, if you haven't dabbled in DFS, you should. It's really a lot of fun. Typically what I do is I like to go into each week with a, a set DFS, like a set lineup. It's my base lineup. And then I tweak that lineup. Right. So, for example, my base lineup is Ryan Tannehill going up against the Houston Texans. The Texans rank 28th against opposing quarterbacks. So Ryan Tannehill. Now, I might have a few lineups where I'll throw in a Drew Brees because, like I said, I think the Saints go crazy against the Carolina Panthers. So I'll play majority of my matchups with Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback, but then I'll venture out and I'll play a few a few matchups with uh, with. Drew Brees with the Saints. Um, my base lineup in regard to running backs, love Aaron Jones going up against Detroit. Detroit, uh, Jamal Williams is out, by the way. He's been ruled out for the Green Bay Packers. So it's going to be a heavy dose of Aaron Jones this week against the Detroit Lions. Detroit ranked 30th against opposing running backs. Sony Michelle against Miami. I think the Patriots are going to run the ball a lot against Miami. I think that is their makeup. Um, they are not a team that has any success with explosive plays any longer. And a lot of it is about their rushing attack. Miami ranked 28th against opposing running backs. So I think this could be a sneaky good play for Sony Michelle, who you can get on the cheap. Wide receivers, I'm going to stack Ryan Tannehill with A.J. Brown. He's just been absolutely tremendous. Going up against Houston, giving up the 20th, 20th it's most fantasy football points to opposing wide receivers. So I love that stack heading into week 17. John Ross should get a ton of volume against the Cleveland Browns team that uh, has just been a complete poop show. And I think they probably more so than anyone can't wait for Monday baggy day and to get the heck out of Dodge and try to look forward to next season because this season has just been a complete bust. Devontae Adams going up against Detroit as well. Um, Green Bay playing for a lot, potential of possibly getting the number one seed, definitely getting a first round by Detroit ranked 27th against opposing wide receivers. So those are my three base wide receivers, A.J. Brown, John Ross and Devontae Adams. Travis Kelsey, my tight end against the Chargers. I think he has a big day. Um, my flex play is Greg Ward against the Giants. Philadelphia, no um, Zach Ertz, no Nelson Aguilar. And uh, Greg Ward is averaging like anywhere between 9 to 10 targets a game. He's got great chemistry with Carson Wentz. And the Giants rank 30th against opposing wide receivers in fantasy football. So love me some Greg Ward as my flex play. And last but not least, Pittsburgh Steelers defense that uh, really has been the bread and butter for them. It is their identity going up against the Baltimore Ravens, who are benching the majority of their starters. And again, I'm not a big fan of RG3. I think the Steelers' defense has a field day against RG3 in this Ravens' offense. So Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Jones, Sony Michelle, A.J. Brown, John Ross, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Greg Ward, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is my base DFS lineup. Hopefully will win me and hopefully will win you a lot of money. And uh, that is sponsored by Sticky's Finger Joint. We come back. We're going to switch gears. Some fantastic college football on tap for tomorrow all day. And, of course, the college playoffs that kick off those games later on in the evening 
Bear is going to join us. You see him all over college game day. He will be on ESPN throughout the day tomorrow. He will join us to break down some of the games that he likes. You're listening to Weekend Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you. You're listening to Weekend Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Uh, boy, tomorrow is going to be a ton of fun. Um, I'm back on the airwaves tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Typically, I'm on from noon to 3, but uh, because of the bowl games, um, they've moved my show back, so I pretty much take over Dave Rothenberg's time slot. Um, so I'll be back on at 9 a.m., but here's what's on tap for tomorrow. At noon, Memphis at Penn State, or not at Penn State, but Memphis against Penn State. It's the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. High noon, Notre Dame going up against Iowa State. It's the Camping World Bowl. And then the college playoff begins. And that is Oklahoma, number four Oklahoma going up against number one LSU. And that's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Ooh, ah, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I'm so hungry. Um, and then, uh, and then Clemson going up against number three Clemson going up against number two Ohio State is the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. And that is at eight o'clock. So, uh, four exciting games, two that will dictate who will play for the national championship. Without further ado, let's, uh, let's bring in Barry. You'll see him all over ESPN tomorrow. He's such a big part of college game day. So, Bear, actually, what game are you at right now? I'm at the Fiesta Ball. I'm getting ready for uh, for Clemson, Ohio State here tomorrow. Uh, college game day, game day uh, nine o'clock uh, Eastern normal time. So uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a nice early night, Sports Center, bright and early for us here. Two hours, uh, two hours earlier on the body clock. So yeah, we we have a uh, game day from the Fiesta Ball on Saturday, and then we'll head out to the. Uh, the after that. How much fun? How much fun? All right, let, let's before we we do dive into Clemson, Ohio State. Let's start with with oh, Iowa State and Notre Dame. Iowa State plus three and a half. The over under here is at fifty four. You like this game? How are you playing it? I like I like the uh, the Cyclones in this game. Uh, Iowa State is a team that I think their season has been a little bit unfulfilled. Is probably the best word. Uh, you're looking at a team that had a one point loss against Oklahoma, uh, a one point loss to their in state rival Iowa, uh, lost by two with a last second field goal against Baylor, uh, lost to Oklahoma State on a pick six. Uh, they, they're really close to being a uh, a ten win team, and I think. Uh, after the type of season that they had, an opportunity to play Notre Dame, arguably the biggest brand name in college football in a bowl game, and you catch the Irish down their offensive coordinator. Uh, I, I like the spot for the for the Cyclones there. I think they'll have a large uh, uh, bit of fan support there and crowd support. Hopefully that will help. But but I do think Brock Purdy, his ability to run and pass, and um, and, and the Iowa State aggressive defense should uh, should make life a little bit difficult in the end. But so I'm taking a uh, Taking Iowa State plus the points. Love it. What about Clemson, Ohio State? You are there. What I find interesting is these two teams uh, with very good defenses. The over-under is at 62. I actually like the under in this game. Clemson, that line now is uh, they're favored by two. How would you play this matchup there? Uh, it's interesting because the, the total, I know uh, Preston Johnson, who we who we uh, have the privilege of doing daily wager with quite often, he actually likes the over in this game. I don't have a play on the total, but I do like Clemson uh, minus the two points. I think at some point you just have to trust uh, the, the defending national champions, a team that's won two of the last three titles, and Dabo Sweeney's been so great uh, in these bowl games. Uh, I, I think some of the I think the Clemson players like their um, like their matchups that, that they can get uh, with a lot of space, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I think people are wondering maybe about Clemson's defense against a really good Ohio State, Clemson's offense rather against an Ohio State uh, defense. I think as you look at what Michigan did uh, in, in the first half, especially against Ohio State, uh, Shea Patterson threw for a lot of yards, uh, six twenty-yard completions. I think it was uh, they they just hurt themselves with drop passes and turnovers. Uh, I think Clemson has turned the ball over I think once. It is in the last six games. Uh, Higgins and Ross are not going to drop passes. So if Ohio State gives Clemson the, 
a similar type of look, and Clemson has opportunities to make big plays. I, I think they will take full advantage. And I like Brent Venables. I think he's going to be able to mix his defense up a good bit, especially in the back seven. Uh, the one concern I would have would be if J.K. Dobbins gets out. But 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 I, I think in this game, uh, you, you've got to make a call. And some bets just have to be willing to lose. And if I happen to lose with the, uh, the defending national champion, so be it. I'll lay the two with Clemson. So Bears picks for uh, tomorrow, Iowa State plus three and a half, Clemson minus two. There's still two other games that will be played. Memphis uh, going up against Penn State, Memphis getting seven. The over-under there is at 60 and a half. And then Oklahoma and LSU, Oklahoma getting 13 and a half. The over-under there is at 76, but uh, not feeling strong about uh, any plays in those two matchups, huh, Bear? No, the, the, the Cotton Bowl, I, I think, is, is a total pass for me. I mean, I, I could see that game going a bunch of different directions. Um, I, if you had to play it, I might lean towards taking taking Memphis because I, I, I think uh, they will be inspired, and I think their special teams are a great equalizer. Uh, it, it, I, I think LSU will win the game, obviously, against um, Oklahoma. If, if you had to lay it, I mean, I guess you could. Um, but but I just ultimately don't see Oklahoma uh, getting a whole bunch of stops. Maybe the under might be the side to look at there. Uh, just because if Oklahoma is to stay in the game, uh, you're going to have to look at a team with a lot of ball control and a lot of a lot of running, and that clock's going to run and keep LSU off the field. So maybe, maybe the uh, the under might be the uh, the best possible play there. Again, uh, Bear, not only all over uh, college game day, but also uh, we work together on, on Daily Wager. And what's really fascinating, Bear, is all season long when I'm in on Monday and I'm filling in for Doug Kazarian as the host, um, a number of our college analysts who come in, they've been all over Ohio State to win the national championship all year long. Which, by the way, there's a prop bet out there, futures bet, Ohio State to win the national championship. I want to say it's at plus 220. Um, but... A lot of people, including yourself, feel that Clemson's going to win this game. Very, very interesting. So we'll see how this all pans out tomorrow. It's going to be an exciting Saturday afternoon. Again, make sure you tune in to College Game Day. Bear will be all over ESPN. Bear, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I really appreciate You're welcome. you. Take care now. Bear, thank you. Have fun tomorrow. You're welcome. Okay. We'll try. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, just to kind of give you an idea um, – where the uh, where the money is 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 flowing right now uh, in the Oklahoma LSU game, seventy uh, percent of the money is on LSU. So the public money flowing towards LSU, seventy percent of the money is on the under in the LSU game, and sixty percent of the money on the money line is on Oklahoma. Interesting for Clemson and Ohio State, fifty three percent of the public money. Is, uh, is on Clemson. 64% of the public money is on the over in the Clemson Ohio State game. And, uh, and 70, 70% of the money on the, on, on the money line, uh, is on Ohio State. And like I just said to Bear before I let him go, and that is, I'm, I'm, I fill in up in Bristol. And all season long, I've spoken to a number of college football analysts. And all season long, when I asked them, all right, so who do you think is going to win the national championship? Like every single one of them said Ohio State. Now, there's a, a futures bet out there, a prop bet, a futures bet out there. You could bet Ohio State wins the national championship at plus 250. Now, I don't know if the number of analysts who've been picking Ohio State uh, all season long now are kind of off the Ohio State bandwagon because their matchup is against Clemson. Maybe they would feel better if it was against Oklahoma or LSU. I, I don't know. But all season long, a number of analysts, not just one, not just two, but a number of analysts were telling me that the Ohio State University is going to win the national championship. So with that being said, at plus 250, I think that could be a sneaky good wager for you. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I mean, I can't tell you how many times and you know, a guy comes free and, and you know, maybe a MA is, is here or there and, um, and we're missing a block and, and he makes you right. I mean, he makes the guy miss and, um, you know, just 
just the, the things he's been able to do in the NFL, he makes it makes it look like he's playing in high school against high school players at times. And um, he's just, you know, an insane athlete. You know, you said it perfectly. Um, you know, he's changing the game, but there really isn't, you know, there hasn't been anyone else like him. He's just, um, you know, he's in a he's in a category all by himself. Um, you know, that's the type of player he is, that's the type of athlete he is. Um, and he makes everyone's jobs easier, and he makes us all look good, too, as well. That's tight end Mark Andrews for the Baltimore Ravens uh, talking about uh, Lamar Jackson, who's going to be watching from the sidelines this week because, uh, as I said earlier, the Baltimore Ravens have sealed the number one seed in the AFC. The road to Miami will have to go through Charm City, so Baltimore is going to be resting a lot of their players. Uh, let's take a look around the NFL uh, in regard to uh, teams that surpass their win total heading into the season, um, you could have put money down on whether or not a team was going to win uh, over under so many expected games. San Francisco 49ers were only expected to win um, over under seven and a half. Obviously, they went way over. Baltimore Ravens were at eight and a half. They went way over. Um, the Patriots, 11. They are over. The Seahawks are over. They were eight and a half. The uh, New Orleans Saints, 10.5, they went over. The Green Bay Packers at 9, they went over. Here's one of the biggest surprises this season. How about the Buffalo Bills? The Buffalo Bills, 6.5. That's what the over-under was going in. And um, and certainly they, they surpassed that even to the point where uh, now expecting them to lose this week because I do expect them to not play their starters um, all the games. And uh, and they're going to end up the season ten and six. Which, by the way, heading into the season, I told people to take the over on the Buffalo Bills. Hopefully, you listened to me, and I was able to help you win some money. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings at nine. Again, they got that over. The Kansas City Chiefs at ten. They got that over as well. Houston Texans at at eight and a half. They hit that mark. Um, the Rams at ten and a half. Where are they at right now? I think the Rams are finishing under that. Yes, they are. So the Rams did not meet their expectations. So somewhat of a disappointment this season for the Rams, a Rams team that, <clears throat> excuse me, went to the Super Bowl last year. Here's a team that is looking to surpass their win total heading into the season. The Tennessee Titans over under eight wins. They are at eight right now. They win this game against the Texans. They jump to nine. They finish the season nine and seven. So if you did take the Tennessee Titans, the over at nine, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, their over under was at nine. Um, and the best chance they have is to hit nine. So they are not going to hit that over. Somewhat of a disappointment. Um, some other, other teams that were very, very disappointing. How about how about the Philadelphia Eagles? The over-under there was at 10. So um, if the Eagles do beat the Giants, uh, they'll finish the season 9-7. and seven. How crazy is that? The Eagles will finish the season 9-7 and seven and will win the fourth seed and will be at home hosting either an 11-5 and five Seattle Seahawks team or a 13-3 and three, uh, San Francisco 49ers team. Kind of crazy, I think. Anyway, so the Philadelphia Eagles, no chance of uh, hitting that over, neither for the Cleveland Browns, but I told you that. I told you Cleveland was going to be a poop show. Take the under in the Cleveland Browns win total. Hopefully you did that heading into the season. A lot of people anticipated them to win the AFC North. I told you the Ravens would win it. I love to toot my own horn when I'm right. I will tell you when I'm wrong as well. I was very, very wrong with the the Los Angeles Chargers. Their over-under win total was 95 um, probably, in my opinion, one of the most disappointing seasons for a team uh, is the Chargers. And they more than likely will lose to the Kansas City Chiefs and will end the season at 5-11. and 11. And heading into the season, their win total over-under was at 9.5. Talk about a huge disappointment. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, big disappointment. The Atlanta Falcons, a huge disappointment until they got their defense turned around the last few games of the season. I want to say, what have they gone? They've gone like five and two their last seven games. Um, but here are two more teams that could hit their over. Uh, one is the Denver Broncos. Their over under was at six and a half. They're at six right now. So if they do beat the Oakland Raiders, they hit that seven and they hit the over. And the other team that could hit the over this week is the Arizona Cardinals. Their over-under was at five, um, so they are sitting at five right now. If they beat the Rams this week, obviously they finish with six wins, and they would hit that over as well. 
and um, and everything that we're hearing out of Los Angeles is that the Rams anticipate to uh, to bench their players. They're not going to play their players because they're worried about injury heading into next season. So Arizona, Denver, and the Tennessee Titans this week very well could hit their overs on their win totals. Uh, let's take a look at some other futures bets. This is a very interesting futures bet that um, I put more money on today. Josh Jacobs has had a phenomenal season running back for the Oakland Raiders. And right now he is favored to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year at minus 160. But he is not going to play this week and he has not been able to play um, the last few games. The one game that he was active and he played, he really did not uh, contribute much. But I'll tell you who has been contributing a lot, and that's wide receiver A.J. Brown for the Tennessee Titans. And also I think Tennessee beats the Texans and gets in as a wild card. So I do believe that A.J. Brown has an opportunity of winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. And guess what? That wager right now is plus 750. I'm all over that. I think there's a really good shot that wide receiver A.J. Brown um, one-ups Josh Jacobs for Offensive Rookie of the Year and that line that 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 line right now is at plus seven fifty. I'm all over that. Hashtag run don't walk. Get on that right now. Defensive player of the year. I think it's a no brainer. I think it's Stefan Gilmore, and that's minus two sixty. I know that's a lot of juice, but I think that's a no brainer. I think he wins it. T.J. Watt is plus seven hundred. Nick Bosa is at uh, <clears throat> is at at plus fourteen hundred. To win the Super Bowl, Ravens at plus 220, 49ers at plus 550, New England at plus 600, the Saints at plus 600 as well, Kansas City peaking at the right time, plus 750. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. Sneaky good play. How about the Buffalo Bills at plus 5,000? I'm just saying. Buffalo Bills, more than likely, their first go around will be against the Houston Texans that are not, they're not a healthy team. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, the Buffalo Bills do beat the Houston Texans. Then you've got the Tennessee Titans, who I think will be the sixth seed that will take on the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, I'm, I anticipate the Kansas City Chiefs to win there. So let's say Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills advance. What does that mean? It means that the Buffalo Bills will have to head to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens because they will be the fifth seed and Kansas City will head to New England. I think Kansas City beats New England. <clears throat> I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Kansas City and the Baltimore Ravens for the AFC Championship game. That's what I anticipate. But just (laughs) plus 5,000, I mean, put $5 down. See what happens on the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl. You never know. Crazier things have happened. Uh, This is a fun one. How about the Super Bowl finalist? I actually, uh, Joel and Nikki, who are producing the show, I'm not sure. Were you guys guys listening the other day when – I was talking about if, if you were in, if if you needed like a last minute Christmas gift, this is what you should do. Is oh is, no, I didn't, but I'm always into new gift ideas. Okay, so how fun is this? <clears throat> and I mean, maybe you st- maybe there's somebody out there that you still owe a Christmas gift to. Maybe you like to give out gifts for New Year's. I don't know. I'm a gift giver. I I am too. I'm a gift giver as well. So what I did for a lot of my friends. So for example, my friends that are really big into into golf, I put. I put money down. I wagered on Tiger Woods winning the Masters of 2020. That's a really fun idea. So I put five dollars down. If Tiger Woods win, if Tiger Woods wins the Masters, you win 150 dollars. So I gifted somebody a futures bet of Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods winning the Masters. That's great because they also not only do they get to enjoy it if they win, they get to enjoy that entire buildup of watching, you know, what's going to happen. Exactly. Like, like we all enjoy. That's what the joy we get out of gambling. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I have friends that are Ohio State. They went to university. They went to the Ohio State University. So um, I put money down that the Ohio State University is going to win the national championship at plus 250. And I, I gifted that. So here's another fun gift for you. How about um, – Football, like so. So, for example, I've I've got friends that are really big Eagles fans. So I have the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Fans that are really big Yankee fans. I've got the Yankees winning the World Series. Um, and so I gifted those future prop bets and gave them away as gifts. So Nikki, is there is there would there be a futures bet out there that that you'd like as a Christmas gift or a holiday gift if somebody gave to you that you would really really be happy about? As long as they ran it by you first, so I know it's legit, then I would be happy about it. <laughs> but what what would it be? 
What would be what would be a futures bet that you that you'd be excited about? Uh, Lakers to win the title. Really? Yeah. Lakers to win the title. Interesting. I mean, how could you how could you say a bet on LeBron is a bad is a bad bet? Because here's the thing: in, LeBron and AD have to stay healthy in order for um, the Lakers to win the championship. I'm, I'm going to do this right now since you brought that up. I'm actually going to um, I'm going to go online and find out exactly what that futures bet is. How about we do this? We'll take a quick break. 800-919-3776. I'm curious now. I'm curious to know what the uh, what the futures bet is for the Lakers to win the championship this year. Um, we get back. I'll share with you some of the, uh, the futures bets that I put together for some more gift ideas. And uh, we'll dive into some more futures bets. And also, there's some awards out there um, around the NFL, like MVP, Comeback Player of the Year. We'll dive into those to end the show strong. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Is there a futures bet out there that you're banking on, that you'd like to bank on heading into 2020? We want to hear from you. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. You're listening to Weekend Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.